For the second part of this podcast, I have Sam, my husband, joining me to chat a little bit more about how he feels about AI and just go into a little bit more depth because I did have a second part by myself, but uh, it was it was kind of harsh. That's putting it lightly. Yes. So um, I decided to bring somebody else to have a chat with me about it because I got way too passionate. So here I have Sam with me to talk just a little bit more about AI and how he feels about it <clears throat> and also all the things that he's heard me say about it um so i just you know don't go off on a tangent now i was talking about how photographers are using ai to sort of cheat the creative system and that's really hurting them as an artist and it's really just hurting art on a whole so i would agree yeah for sure yeah Um, I feel like it's kind of cheating the system as in like anyone can pick up a camera and become an artist and then use AI to edit. And I don't think that that's really fair to the, like the, the art world. Yeah. I, as you know, I come from a very artistic background, like I was described as a Renaissance man by my drama professor. Once. I do love it. Yeah. That's where you got all your dance moves for yeah, sure. Yeah, you know. Uh, I I have been known to cut multiple rugs. So, Good grief. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a, a writer by trade. I as you know, I've been published. I I play music. I do anything that is really creative and allows you to be artistic in that situation. But my primary is I'm a writer and then but I'm you ca- do appreciate all arts like I mean we watched some of the most creative movies together um A Hidden Life by Ter- Terrence Malick is one of them which I'm definitely doing an episode on but like you appreciate photography and you appreciate film and you appreciate like the meaning behind all of that so yeah I, I find art is the most important thing part about of us about a society as without art what is the point in anything like yeah so along with that you see this trend of ai swimming its way into so many different mediums and you're seeing um i wouldn't say they're lesser artists i I don't think there's a degree of lesser uh hierarchy of artists but you see artists begin to start cutting corners and like why should i write this paragraph when i can have an ai write it for me why should i uh edit this photo when i can have an ai property edit a photo for me right and you are essentially abandoning your control to create and grow your art by allowing an automated feature to do it. You're right. So while you were saying that, I was reminded. (laughs) So like art is a muscle. Like to be an artist, that's a muscle. Okay. So you start young and you keep practicing and practicing and practicing. And before you know it, like you're painting the Sistine Chapel. Mm -hmm. But 
you have to keep exercising that muscle <clears throat> in order for it to grow. And for me, I think that AI is like, you know, those ab machines that like vibrate on your stomach. So you like strap yes. it on. <laughs> yeah. You see it on an infomercial at three o'clock in the morning. The <clears throat> exactly. So like <laughs> AI is kind of like that machine in which you aren't actually doing the work and you've lost all creativity. So you've lost the fundamentals of how to do something. Precisely. So a great example of this is I, I've dabbled around with it. I, whenever AI, uh, chat GPT and things like that came or Yeah, because you're an SEO specialist yes. and, and you I, had a conversation with people who were like, why do I need an SEO specialist when I can just have this AI program do it for me? Precisely. So I remember you trying it out and telling me how garbage it was. Yeah. And so you can, there's a human element to everything, right? So, sure. um, I took a paragraph from, this is a, this is beyond SEO. I took a par paragraph from Terry Pratchett. And Terry Pratchett is one of the greatest authors of all time. He played with grammar a lot. And he played in grammar with grammar in a, such a way that it was part of the ongoing joke. And so he would misspell words because that's what the joke was in, on text. And I wanted to see what AI would do with that. And like, all right, edit this. And then... It butchers the joke, you know? It ruins the joke. It ruins the the heart of the entire piece. So you're if you take that idea and you uh transcribe it to photography or music or um paintings or all, all the AI art you're seeing online these days, it's all missing the heart that is breathed into it by the creator, that little, that little oomph. So as um, our good friend Andreas once said, like, it is only the, it's what the art is that is being put into it that's, it's creating. It can't grow. Right. AI art can't <clears throat> grow. Right. And it can't learn that broken grammar is the joke. You That's really I mean? true. And like for photography, it could be said that it has nothing to do with the technical side of like actually taking the photo if AI is just editing it. But I completely disagree with that because when you are manipulating the photo and like playing around with it and re-editing it, you are thinking to yourself, or at least I know for for my own personal part, I feel like Oh, I, I see this photo and next time if I were to take the same photo, this is what I would do differently. And so me by me editing my images, I am changing the technical part of it for my future art. Yes, I, I've stood by and watched you edit it, edit thousands upon thousands of images, right? Like one of my favorite things to do is just sit by your side and watch you and ask questions because like I am just, I crave knowledge on everything, especially when it comes to art yeah. and watching you dissect a photo and be like, well, this editing process would be easier if 
I fixed my lighting in this situation and I should have turned the couple here and had a little more cast down light from there using natural light purposes. But right. that is a part of the growth that you take forward from there. If you had just sent those images off and put them into AI, it might have done a it might have done a great job. Uh, who's to say? True. But you didn't do a great job. Exactly. And you were a part of my breakdown. You were a part of me just editing for days and hours and like not sleeping until I was getting it right. And you saw my progress through my breakdowns. You saw my highs and you saw my lows. And you see like where I am today and how proud I am of myself for what I've created. And you see me obsess over my like my organization for my Instagram grid and like how I'm going to take a different photo next time. And I couldn't do all of those things if I were not putting my energy into my work. I completely agree. Um, real quick, I just want to point out that I feel like the Instagram grid is the modern day mosaic. Ooh, that's beautiful. And photographers who aren't focusing on that are letting themselves down. If you were just putting images on there randomly, you are missing a chance of creating something even more beautiful with your already beautiful images. So the fact that you focus so much on it, um, it does get a little tiresome because you are obsessive. <laughs> uh, but that's that goes with the whole idea of needing it to be, to fit what you want to see it as. You know, I'll write a paragraph 6,000 times before I move on because yeah, something's just not right, you know, and it's not sitting well. And you do the same thing with your grid. So I just needed to interject that little piece. Because... Yeah, and to add to that, I, I do agree. And some might say, like, why do you obsess over it when no one's going to go to your Instagram and look at it as a whole? I disagree with that, too. Because when I'm looking at someone, whether it's an artist or a product or something, I go to their full Instagram and I see like what they are all about. Like what more can you show me? I want to learn more from you. And so by editing my images the way that I do and then focusing on my grid, I'm creating a, a story, a piece of art for my future clients, for my past clients who are like proud to say, hey, this is my photographer for planners, for, you know, anybody who's interested in what I have to offer, they're clicking on my profile and going to my work. I want them to be like thrilled at what they're looking at. Absolutely. Um, I would say uh, it's very like the equivalent of it in the writing world is you look at, um, there's a poet, uh, Rupi Kaur. You've read her work. Yeah. The image is the poem. Right, the image is the poem, but the way that it's illustrated on the page is the grid. That's true. So, it's it makes you want to read it. It makes you want to engage with it. it makes you want to fall into it because we love visual things. I mean, it's Instagram. Right. It's a whole visual app, and there's a whole side of it that nobody's really taking a good hard look at as artists right i completely agree with that um a little off topic though no that's okay <laughs> um 
but you're you're right and I do take pride in that and that's just one thing that I will not well one of my many things I'm a one-woman show over here um but one of my very many things that I cannot allow to let go is someone posting on Instagram for me so I may not post every day and it may already be scheduled but it's still me doing it yeah uh and I think that's important for people to know like be in touch with yourself and your art yeah so you're seeing nowadays um uh, a lot of social media companies they work with uh artists and things like that to post constant feed updates but when you're seeing that happen you're seeing this loss of self yeah this loss of like uh we fall in love with people we don't yes. fall in love with captions. That's true. You know, so as, if I'm looking at your work, I can expect to get some of you out of your work, not only in your art, but in your caption as well. So you see um, certain companies that everything that their captions are, it's just so boring. It's... right. And now you've got AI coming in and doing the same thing that these companies are doing. And like you're, it's like watching people pretend to be human. It's like watching robots pretend to be human, and it is uh, it's a deeply unsettling uh, thing to see when you are looking at someone's caption. You're just like, I think a robot wrote that. I think that's a really good point. I I never want to be. Uh, seen as somebody who is robotic, even though I'm very robotic in yeah, some that's, aspects. I've got my robot here. Yeah, I, I am <laughs> a very strange person. Most people don't know that. Um, kudos to you for putting up with so much, but I don't want that to be what I am. And I get kind of sad at that thought because we already live in a robotic society. Like everyone has a device in their hand, on their wrist. I mean, I'm sitting next to four of them right now and I have one on my wrist. Mm. And we see it in our kids and it's just, I don't want my art to be one of those things that is meaningless because anyone can do it with a click of a button. Exactly. So uh, another thing that I've 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 dwelled on this whole AI takeover situation a lot. You know, I'm a complete science fiction nerd. I know. I grew up in Terminator. Um, But a big thing is what's lacking in a lot of these, uh, in a lot of the texts that you read. Like, so I'm an SEO professional. Right. Uh, I run my own business, Custom House Creatives. Um, Shameless plug. (laughs) You know, (laughs) got to get it in, you know. (laughs) I'm human. Right. So I, uh, I've i seen a lot in uh, a lot of different SEO artists. And we're not artists per se. We write SEO style. But there's still a human aspect. There's an energy. Because I've been reading and writing uh, my entire life. And mm-hmm. I know a writer. As soon as I read their first sentence, I know exactly what writer that... Who wrote that sentence. I know... I feel the energy off the words, off the page. And when you don't have that human connection, so I could tell a, uh, an 
AI to edit an image. And it might look exactly like your image, you know? But that energy's missing. I was going to say, it's still the energy that we put into it really matters. Yeah. And like I said in like the first part of this podcast or this episode, I, I may not get it right every single time, but every single time I'm growing. Mm-hmm. And it means a lot to me when people come up to me and they're like, I saw this photo and I knew that it was yours because I feel like that's one of the greatest things as a, a wedding photographer or as an artist in general is to be like, I knew this image was yours the moment that I saw it because that's my signature look. That's my signature style of shooting. Yes. And while I do have like associate photographers who work under me, they've been trained by me. So they know what I'm looking for. They know my eye and they still have that human connection, um, you know, in their photos because I have trained them to be that way to know what I'm looking for and why I'm looking for that in my photos. And I'm still the one to edit them. I'm still the one to get to know those clients who book my associate photographers uh, because they're a part of my company and my associates who I've hired, I've thoroughly like interviewed and thoroughly trained. And so they're basically like copies of me, but you know, obviously not. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm so grateful for them because they do know my style of shooting and I am able to edit with my same energy and provide that same work for clients that I'm shooting for personally. Yeah. yeah. I've I've had the pleasure of uh meeting most of the people on your associate team. There's a couple I haven't met yet. Yeah. But uh because we have Lexi who's moving yeah. down from Ohio. Yes. And um, your your associate team is expanding as it should because you know that's what happens. Um, yeah, because we have a lot of inquiries and I can't, you know, obviously book every one of them because I'm very like limited on what I'm allowing to book. Like I talked about in my first part, it could have been the first part of what I recorded or it could have been like what I'm recording over. Yes, I don't this remember. Is a re-record. <laughs> yeah. So my brain might be a little confused, but I do take on like limited weddings so that I am able to put more of that focus in. But there are still people who want my look and energy for their wedding. So I have a whole team. But I'm still the one to do the editing. Um, yes, you are. And I know I spend a lot of time editing. Like every every day I'm editing at my desk. But I enjoy it. I love it because I love growth. And I do not like to be still as I've been told three million times. Um, I would say your default state is editing. It's almost like meditative. Yeah. Like you, you lose yourself in it. So like, um, whenever we're having like a, a strange day, you know, like energy in the air is odd. Um, I'll find you like just wander into your office and like you're editing and you tune out the world because, uh, there's an, absolute necessity to be in creator mode that's how we grow as people is like we are in creator mode so you zone in like uh basically a major league baseball pitcher who is zoned in hitting his target he can't hear the crowd 
anymore. Yeah. It's that's what it is and that's how you are whenever you are locked and loaded into editing. Like when I'm writing, I'm lost on my page. I don't even know who I am anymore because I'm yeah. only what's the words coming on the screen. I get that and you're you're absolutely right. I do tune out the world to edit um which isn't a bad thing at all. No. That's actually one of the best things you could do. I agree. And I, I feel like I really need that for my own personal growth because my mind turns off in a certain way. And I like I, you know, I have multiple conversations going on in my head at all times. Like it never stops. Um, but I'm able to like kind of tune out as I'm editing, but I'm also still tuned into my photo while thinking thoughts about the future and improving. I think my favorite thing that I ever say to you is, I have an idea. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's I'm like, like okay, waking up in the middle of the night, like, uh, <laughs> what's wrong? Like, I have an idea. Yeah, it's like, buckle up, right? But it's always yeah. good ideas. Um, yeah, they're always solid, excellent ideas that are inspired by growth and like wanting to be better, wanting to change a space for the better, wanting to do something that is going to grow a part of our life and that's incredibly important like um you are 100 percent the idea person in the house i'm the uh i'm the you point me in the direction and i'll give me the pickaxe i'll start chipping away at the stone you know yeah we do make a good team i do think though like someone might argue if you decided to use AI or if you decided to use an editor, then you would have more time for ideas. But that doesn't really work for me because I get my ideas while I'm working. Like, I need to see myself and my future in those photos. Of course. So there was um, a story that came out not too long ago that, uh, in fact, you brought it to my attention. There was a guy who wrote a book on Amazon about the Maui fires. Yeah. You know? And it was within a two days of the fires happening. And I was pondering this and I'm like, how? Like how did he write a seventy page book in two days? And he's talking about that and I was like, Oh my gosh, this guy used an AI program to write an entire seventy page novella. And then I obviously tracked it and went through his history and like saw that he had done it for all of his books. And that is just like, that's a level of sadness because like from me to him, not, not me to the industry, not me to anything else, just me to him as a person. Like I'm so sad he doesn't get to feel that feeling of that feeling of just pure beauty that comes with creating and putting your own thoughts and putting your own heart onto a page, whether it be a comedy, horror, um, anything. Yeah, or even music, because we've had this yes. conversation about music too, like about some of my favorite bands that I would listen to because I'm a hipster. Mm, totally. um, like before they were cool, and then I would get upset that they would get famous 
And the reason I would be upset about them being like on the radio or like if we're in a store and I hear them and I'm just like, what the hell is going on? It's because I'm like, okay, great. Now they're not going to feel that heartbreak or pain or whatever it may be mm. to write incredible pieces of art. And I get disappointed. And it's not like I'm not happy that, you know, they're being recognized because I don't like the story of a struggling artist is okay for a little while, but we all want to see them succeed. Yeah. But I think that a lot of people just get lost in the fact that like they're, they've made it. And so they lose touch with that artistic part of them. And ultimately it leads to depression because it's like, why can't I get like, why can't I write like I used to? And then it leads to like a downfall of them and not, and they don't like pick themselves up. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that saying. makes that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um while that is um the case in a lot of ways, uh obviously as a once aspiring musician slash ukulele player. Oh my god, um, that was a time. <laughs> I uh I think I, you should still go after that, by the way. The ukulele. Yes, I can just see you like walking I'm around. I'm just saying, thank it. gosh, I switched to guitar because <laughs> baritone ukulele. I don't know that was in that wasn't the move. But anyways, um, as a musician, um, I like to see anyone make it. So I'm just like, I don't care if you guys like kind of fall off from here. I'm just glad you guys are in a better position. Um, but I understand 100% where you're coming from because a lot of the music does lose the same heart and soul. And it it goes, you can wrap that right back into photography. Like if you're using, if you're putting your heart and soul into your work and you're editing your uh, your photos personally and then you send it off to an editor, it's going to lose that personal touch that um that exact touch now i'm not i'm not um degrading any people who send off their photos to uh professional editors uh we know a ton of great great photographers who do it you can't edit all your own photos at all, at all times i get it but well when some you... can't edit that's not like yes. all because i'm very dedicated to editing everything that comes on my desk that's true. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But um but when you're sending it into a machine to have it replicate and it edit the photos for you, you are losing so much personal beauty that it it just becomes it's it's a copy. It's a an idea. It's no longer Yeah. It's no longer you but while you were having that thought i was listening i promise (laughs) sure (laughs) but also i was thinking not only does it hurt you as an artist to use ai but essentially you you start looking like every other photographer and now we're not talking about art anymore when you're when a client is going in for a photographer and they're searching if your work is looking like everyone else's, then at that point, that potential client is basing their photographer off of what fits their budget. So now you have to charge less 
than what you're worth and book more weddings, losing more time to keep up with like, you know, financially to keep up. And so you, you've basically dug yourself into a hole by not being uniquely you. Yeah, it dilutes the pool. It is, it is when a photographer who has been shooting and editing for a year is creating the same imagery as someone that's been shooting and editing for 10 years because you're both using AI, mm-hmm. then that's an issue because you you have to grow above it as an artist. Like right. You have to turn your back on that because it is like it's having the french fries in front of you but the steak is at the end of the, end of the table i'm a vegetarian you're a vegetarian it's like having <laughs> uh the soup in front of you with <laughs> a vegan chicken at the other end but it's like it's taking the immediate thing for that sugar it's that it's watching TikToks instead of watching a film. That's what it is. It's taking the immediate gratification that our bodies want so badly. Oh, that dopamine. That's yeah, serotonin. we want that dopamine. We want that, like, so we can send it off and we can be paid like this photographer that's been doing it for 10 years, you know? Yeah. But in reality, you are only going to be that good ever. Right. Because you will never grow. You will never, AI might grow, it might get better, you know, but it's not because of you. You are not, you can't, you can't say, sit there and say, I'm the reason this photo is better because I put it into an algorithm. No, like, no, that is, that's not it. That's a really good point. And I'm not saying that I'm completely against AI because... I've talked to this I've talked about this before in our many conversations. AI is where the world is heading and that's okay as long as it stays out of the art. Mm-hmm. Because we weren't here. We like we weren't put on this place randomly to just work until we die. We were meant to be creators and if we allow robots to do our creating like what is our purpose anymore? Absolutely. So you're seeing a lot of discourse mm-hmm. around right now from um, what is art comparatively when you have a human artist and then you have an AI artist. And uh, you're seeing it a lot in the digital art space because obviously that would be the easiest thing to compare. Right. Um, but with that, you're seeing like this loss of i guess empathy towards the human condition yeah it is important towards us as humans to create one of the oldest pieces in the world is over 14 like not it's over like 40,000 years old it's that cave painting and it's an actual cave painting and it's named after the person who found it i don't remember his name at the moment it's italian uh it starts with the woman the woman painting yeah i believe so and um and it's like a it's like a forty thousand year old painting and it's one of the things that have lasted for forty thousand years is art 
you know, it's the first, one of the first pieces of art. And we have, it's, so it's not just a current thing. It's not just within current society. It is baked into human nature that we must create. We must make art. That is our purpose is to create. Like we are creators we aren't meant to work nine to fives and die. Like we are meant to be creating at all times because it's the creators who got us to this point in life of technology and all of those things, um, like architecture to the plates that we eat on forks. Like, you know, it is all art. It is all creation. And that's what we are meant to do. We're supposed to be getting our hands dirty. Yeah. We are supposed to be pushing every industry forward with our minds how we can break barriers we see it in every aspect of uh, society and life anytime you start to try and limit art you'll see a fall of that field so that's not even saying that I don't can consider the sciences and all um uh, obviously i think science is one of the most important arts in in our time like to sit here and say that isaac newton wasn't an artist when he broke barriers in physics oh yeah they go hand in hand yeah they all go hand in hand math is just an art of numbers right like so we live in an art world like we live in an art universe we need it in every single aspect of our lives we need art so what about those that would say is ai not art no it's not because ai the if the idea of art is to create something new ai can't create new ai was a thing that ai is the art the art doesn't then turn around and replicate and make more art, you know? Yeah, I guess like, I definitely get what you're saying. So it's robotic. Yeah, so like if I have a copy machine, right? If I'm making copies of um, a Rembrandt. Right. And for some reason, I managed to get a whole canvas of Rembrandt and put it onto a copy machine. We'll just say that in a different universe. You're able to do that. Is the copy machine... The artist? Yes. No. Is Rembrandt the artist in that case? Yes. So it's the same concept. We put Rembrandt into an AI. The AI created copies or changes it, makes it whatever. But... Rembrandt's still the artist. You can't say that AI, much like the copy machine, isn't the artist. That said, the copy machine is a work of art. You're right. And within the wedding industry, I have said this many times, that the word luxury is done. Oh, absolutely. People have taken that word and used it on things that they don't even know the meaning of it. Mm -hmm. My luxury Snickers bar. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, luxury is an experience and for wedding photographers, you are creating an experience from the time you get an inquiry to after you deliver your client's gallery, hopefully like that's what you're supposed to do. 
And so for my clients, I want to create an experience that is just like, they don't have to lift a finger. They're getting incredible, beautiful images that are heartfelt, that have emotion, that have my energy like poured into it. And they, you know, that editing portion is part of my luxury experience because they're getting my signature look. They're getting my time. They're being catered to. They're being serviced in like a beautiful way. So when you take that out and you just capture a wedding on Saturday, put it through, you know, your batch editing and AI and it's delivered by Tuesday, what kind of experience is that? Yes, exactly. Like, um, it is, it's the absence of luxury. It's the absence of art. It's the absence of the personal human touch. Right. Now, if I walked around and marketed myself as an AI photographer, and I told all of my clients, like, from the get-go, hey, I'm going to send this through AI, and you can see what your your images will look like while edited by AI. I would be completely fine with that because now you're a sideshow attraction. You are. And also you're appealing to a client that yeah. doesn't care, that doesn't yes. care about that luxury feeling. And maybe they want that, you know? Right. They they might want that idea like I think that'd be really cool to have my see what my images my I would look like edited up and yeah. via AI. I know for me, that's those are not my clients. Like, like my clients are waiting and anticipating, and like they know that I'm going to take a few weeks to edit their photos. Yeah. Um, because I I have to touch every single photo, from culling it, and sometimes we can shoot up to five thousand photos in a weekend if I have like two extra photographers, and I will touch every single one of those photos multiple times to cull it down for my best curation of storytelling and then go back and like edit every single photo individually and sometimes I will go back and relook at like photos to make sure like this is what I want to send make yeah. sure that it's perfect because I am a little obsessive yeah. and like I want photos that when my clients are posting them I'm not ashamed to have my name on them yeah. And the greatest honor is like seeing my photos posted. So absolutely. Um like to go back when I I made that quick little quip about luxury is the Snickers bar. Right. All right. So speak speaking of that, um you have like Godiva chocolates. When we were kids, we all thought like Godiva chocolates were like luxury chocolates, you know? Right. But they're just gold wrapper on a chocolate now that Until we're adults. Until you took me to France. Yeah. But we think about luxury and I, I think about it in the same sense that luxury is exclusive, an exclusive client experience. Right. That is exclusive to them. Not anyone can just show up and get a luxury experience. Um, so with AI, you can't promise a luxury experience. So think about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Godiva chocolates. Anyone yeah. can buy a Godiva chocolate. Mm -hmm. But when you get the Willy Wonka chocolate bar with the gold wrapper, what's the luxury experience? Um, you get you to might go turn, to... be turned into a blueberry. Yeah, that's still a luxury experience. <laughs> 
You know, Violet's turning violent. That's true. That's very true. But, but no, I get it. Yeah. You're right. It's it's yeah creating. It's, it's a one. It's a five in a million kind of situation. Yeah, you need to feel special as a client. If if I if someone's giving me a luxury experience, I want to feel special. I want to feel like when we were in New York at Sushi Nakazawa and they brought you the plum wine and I was just like, I have never even heard of this creation before. That was the best plum wine I've ever had in my life. I still crave it. We have to go back. And they like walked us in, sat us down and it was the most refined, beautiful dining experience I've ever had. Yeah. Because it was luxury. It was. And that's what I want my clients to feel like, always. Mm. I, I do not want to just push them through an editing program and be done with them. And... Yeah. There's... It's, you can't trust AI to give a luxury experience, much like if I went to a sushi restaurant that was a conveyor belt sushi place. That's not a luxury experience. That's a sideshow attraction. That's very true. And we have one in Pooler that just opened up with robots delivering the sushi. Yeah, I would much rather have that handmade experience where the chef was making my sushi for me piece by piece as I was eating it. Like, that Mm -hmm. was incredible. Yeah, that's a luxury experience. And it was a one-on-one. Exactly. Yes, it was. And he spoke to us the entire time. Awesome time. Uh Another shameless plug, Sushi Nakazawa in New York, if you ever have a chance to go, it is 1,000% worth it. Yes, it is. It's like $500 a seat, but the experience is unbelievable. Yes. Um, so I think we both agree that AI is killing the art world, and while it may excel in other areas, it should stay out of writing and the arts. Like writing is an art, but you know, just I think it is visual arts. I wouldn't say it's killing the art world as much as diluting the pool, Uh, like worse than it. It's like whenever Twitter became a big thing and everyone had an opinion and they did not need to have an opinion on things. That is very true. It's like that. Yeah. Save it for professionals sometimes, you know? Not saying you can't be an artist, you should absolutely create do everything you can to be an artist but like it's taking away the take niche it seriously. a little bit yeah yeah take it seriously be an artist you want to be an artist be an artist don't cut corners do not use ai tools to edit your photos or write your pages or things like that because that's not art that's not creating that is putting your work into a system so they can create for you I agree. I think that our clients deserve better as like in the wedding industry. I just think that they deserve more of us, especially for those like me that are in a like more luxury level part where where they're charging more for their time and their worth and their art. Absolutely. So if you are like doing that, just reconsider what you're doing and maybe make something your own and not take the easy way out. Also, have integrity. Yeah. You're you're telling your clients that these are your photos, you're an artist, that you're creating these images, but you're running them through an AI program. Be honest with your clients. I've I've met so many of your clients and 
they are just such wonderful people that I feel like it would be deceitful if you were to take their images, tell them that these are this is your art, this is your imagery that they are expecting to get, and then you send it to an AI to edit your photos. Right. Do you understand? Like it's I do. I completely understand and I definitely agree with you. I've said it like a thousand times in the part one of this, but I'm very emotionally connect connected to my clients. Um and I don't take that for granted. Like I do not take what they they are wanting from me for granted. You know. Mm-hmm. They have helped me become who I am. They've helped my family like become what my family is. And I just really love my clients and the time that I've put into them and the time that they've put into me. So that's like I don't know, that's all that's all part of my experience of being a photographer and being an editor. Um, I touch every photo from what I shoot to what my associates shoot and I deliver it knowing that I'm proud of it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for talking with me for way too long. Like this is like yeah, a this two- is supposed to be like a 15 minute it conversation. Was, right? <laughs> but can we put all of that into 15 minutes? I, I don't know. I think it all needed to be said. Yeah. So thank you so much for just taking the time out of your work day to chat with me about about something I'm passionate about and I can't wait to have you on the next episode yeah of course so thank you guys so much for listening I'm really thrilled to share this all with you and of course if you have any questions you are welcome to email me at ashley at ashleymccoy.com I can't wait to to connect with you guys on next week's episode I hope you guys have a great weekend and just know that I'm super grateful for all of you bye Thank you.